A legendary name in hardcore supplementation. Iron Mag Labs. 100% original, patent-pending Andro Compound. The most effective, hardcore, groundbreaking, bodybuilding supplements in the world. In the world. Iron Mag Labs. Revolutionizing hardcore supplementation for more than a decade. Visit IronMagLabs.com. IronMagLabs.com. Bodybuilding. I am your host, Jeff Roberts, aka the African Bullfrog, and I'm here <laughs> with Matt White, aka the Gentleman of Bodybuilding. What's up, Matt? <laughs> What's going on? So I heard. Uh, I don't know if that's ever come up before that you're the Gentleman of Bodybuilding, but I heard um, uh, Paul Cullen referred to you as the Gentleman of Bodybuilding on a on an Instagram post, and I was like, huh, I like that. I like that. <laughs> I'll you, take it. You're a little I could bit be called like, a lot worse. You could be. You're kind of like the most interesting man in the world of bodybuilding, you know. <laughs> but uh, the gentleman of bodybuilding. I like it. Uh, yeah, I like it too. So, um, anyway, we're back. Uh, we actually pretty much just wrapped up another show because of a recording issue. So you guys will, uh, you guys will know about that when you hear this. As long as you're avid listeners, which I hope you are. Um, we actually touched on last show. We touched on how. Uh, Flex Wheeler's demeanor recently in, in, in videos, like with Cali Muscle specifically, have been he's been very like not aggressive because I don't think I don't think you can be I don't I, I wouldn't necessarily correlate what you say with aggression. I think aggression is more of a are are more acts in my in in my mind, but he's just just been very um defensive and, and and all that so on on that note it's it's come to our attention now uh via rx muscle that and that dave saw i don't know where they were he he saw flex in some lobby with um he was sitting with bob chick and who else was he sitting with bob chick and somebody else uh it doesn't really not really important for the story but and he came over and he shook their hands and was like hey how you doing whatever and flex wouldn't shake his hand flex was just kind of you know sitting there i guess and uh dave's like what's up what's going on and uh flex was apparently flex was pissed off about the stuff that boston lloyd and greg valentino said about him on dave's show on one of dave's shows and um I didn't listen to that show because I can't listen to Boston Lloyd. I just, it's like, I mean, that might sound silly, but I just can't do it. I can't listen to that kid. Uh, so even though I love Greg Valentino and I would have loved, because Greg Valentino is hilarious and I think he's very intelligent and he, he, the way he articulates things is like pretty impressive, but I just can't listen to fucking Boston Lloyd talk about, well, this is, ugh. but, um, you know, it's, it's, 
And then it, it, it sounds like, I mean, I'm, I'm taking Dave's word for this. So who knows? But it sounds like he, uh, Dave was like, man, it's not, I mean, I, 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 he said the thing you would expect him to say. I'm a, you know, it's media. I have to do this. I have to be real. I have to have these guys on, blah, blah, blah. It, it, you should have, you should take it up with them. You got to have thick skin. And uh, I guess Dave says Flex responded with, you need to shut up or you need to get away from me or it's going to escalate. And he started getting like, agitated um and uh whoever was sitting there again i'm going based solely on what dave said whoever was sitting there with flex and bob um later said i thought that he whoever who was it i can't remember who it was there was a there was a third person sitting at the table with bob and flex and um was it dennis nah it was i don't know who it was but whoever it was was like Apparently they had said later that they thought that Flex was going to beat Dave's ass. They thought he was going to, you know, they thought he was going to, you know, beat his ass because he was getting pissed off and Dave was, you know, Dave was kind of trying to get to the bottom of it and Flex didn't want to hear it. So I thought that was an interesting, I mean, again, just like we talked about last show or, or it's like where this, this guy is, this is a new character in our industry. I Do you remember? I don't remember a single incident like this or even related to this with Flex Wheeler in the last 10 years since I've been yeah. into bodybuilding. It's just, it's, he's always been this laid back, godly, very, like almost annoyingly soft spoken. Yeah, guys, I mean, yeah, you know, and now all of a sudden he's like threatening to, threatening to beat Dave Plumbo's ass in public and it, for like, for petty bullshit, you know. Um, Greg Valentino said Flex Wheeler coming back to the classic. I'm paraphrasing. He said something like this. Cause again, I didn't watch the show. Um, he said something like Flex Wheeler coming back to the classic division is like Derek Jeter coming back to play in some fireman's fucking weekend beer league. And then, and then bragging about how many home runs he hits or like talking shit. It's like, you were, you were the man. You were like, you're one of the most unbelievable bodybuilders ever in human history and you're coming back to the classic so i mean it makes sense it's almost like a backhanded compliment in a way and uh you're gonna physically threaten the like dave's not even the one not only is it not a big deal that 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 comment's just not a big deal but Dave didn't even say it so there's so many what if someone actually was on there and said something really bad um, like what if I was on there and I said, oh, flex is a scumbag, you know, this is America. I can say that. I don't believe that. I'm just using it as an example. What if I was on Dave's show and I was like, that guy's a scumbag. That guy is a low life. What's he going to do to Dave then? You know, kick him in the balls. Like I, I, I just, it's just a really, I don't know what's, what's going on with flex Wheeler. I don't know. It's, it's just odd. Cause like you said, he's, he's never been like that. And I don't know if he's trying to hide something, so he's getting defensive. Uh, I mean, I don't know. Maybe, maybe his legs look like Kevin's last year, and and he's frustrated about that, so he's trying to hide those. And you know, he's he's just kind of barking back at people. But it's it's just odd. Like I don't get it. Like I don't understand why so many people are getting 
defensive in this industry lately and and firing back at people who have an opinion about something who cares it's it's an opinion if it's if it's not factual then who cares just let it roll off your shoulder you know you arguing about something is just going to further bring it to light and and expose it even more then more people are going to know about it like i just i don't i just don't understand what what flex is trying to do arguing with everybody I mean, he's arguing with fans. He's arguing arguing with Dave Palumbo. I mean, does he think, you know, going into his his next show that, uh, you know, all of a sudden people are gonna, you know, side with him and be like, oh yeah, all these people are wrong. You know, Flex is the man. It, it's just like he's taking on a different persona or personality from from what we're used to seeing. And I mean, granted, he he was very um, confident in himself in the past, but. I mean, he wasn't like picking street fights with people like, you know, oh, I'm going to beat your ass. You know, I'm going to throw you from this side of the gym to the other side or, you know, like I just don't understand where he's coming from and and what he's trying to prove. I don't know if the success that he's had over the years with certain businesses and stuff that he's doing, he now, you know, walks around like his shit doesn't stink or what. But I just I don't understand where he's coming from. And, and to be honest, I was a fan of Flex until I saw how he's been acting lately. And and it completely changed my view of him. So, I mean, I'm sure if if that's how I feel, there's there's got to be other people who feel the same way, um, you know, right, wrong or indifferent. I'm sure they're paying attention to going, huh, there's something a little off about Flex lately. Right. I mean, I don't know, man, though, I, I like you just said. He, he didn't he used to be cocky and confident, but he didn't like threaten people. I don't I don't know if that's true. I think he may have back in the day. Uh, I could totally see Flex Wheeler in 1997 or earlier. You know, I'm I'm trying to think of actual quotes that I've heard from him. I, I mean, I've seen so many Flex Wheeler videos. I mean, I'm sure he said things in the in the realm of "Meet me here" or "You wouldn't say that to my face" and shit like that. I mean, this is this is how Flex kind of was, you know, back in the day. But man, it's just it's just it would be different if if Dave said something really bad about Flex, but he didn't. It wasn't even him. It was a guest he had on the show, and what he what the guest said wasn't even bad. It was a fucking joke, and it was a joke that had a compliment inside of it. You know, it was like a flat. Not everyone's gonna just lick your taint and act like you're the second coming of Jesus. You know, it's it's. It's, it's if this causes you to have a, a potentially a physical confrontation with somebody like how do you even how do you even exist in society without I don't know I just think this doesn't seem like an act to me because there, it's not like there was a camera rolling I mean he, you sure he could have said well I know Dave's gonna talk about this on his show so blah 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 but I don't know man I think I think Flex needs to, like, take it down a notch, you know? I don't think this is a good look for him because, I mean, if if he has if he's going to have any chance to beat these young kids, he's going to need extreme confidence, extreme belief in himself. He's going to need to be a little bit, uh, a little bit edgy like this for sure. I love it. But to, like, act like you're going to fight Dave Palumbo is just like, I mean, come on. I mean, we're grown men. I mean... It's just not a, it's just, it, 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 
it's just inappropriate. Like, Matt, can you imagine, like, let's say, let's say you were, you were going to make a comeback in classic or you come back. You were going to compete in classic and people were taught weird. People were talking about, Oh yeah, Matt Wykes going to compete in classic. It's going to be cool. He's doing the nationals. And I, and I, you know, you're, you, you are a competitor and I'm on the radio and I say, you know what? I know Matt pretty well. I don't think he has this or that. He's kind of, you know, Matt coming back is like so-and-so th- and it kind of like give you like a, I kind of compliment you. And then give you kind of a backhanded, like a little bit of a, uh, a little bit of a dig. And then we see each other in a lobby. Can you imagine you being like, get away from me, man, or it's going to escalate. Like you would be like, we would joke about it. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. You, you would never, or vice versa. If, if I was trying to compete and you said something like, yeah, just trying to compete, but he's got this and that issue. And I think it's, it's kind of a pipe dream. I mean, no offense, but. The guy's really good at this and this, but as far as getting on stage, I mean, I don't really understand it. And then me seeing you somewhere and wanting to fight you over it. Like that, that is like the most, I mean, I can't even, it doesn't even, it doesn't even register in my mind. I would go up to you and be like, I would, I I, I would call you on it, but I would call you on it in a joking manner. I'd be like, oh, hey man, I guess uh, I heard you say I don't have what it takes. And I would be like, yeah, I understand what you're saying. You know, it would like, there'd be no bad blood at all generated from that um or me and anyone else if it was if it was you know taylor normando you know uh may he rest in peace if he, if he was still around and he did that i mean i wouldn't see him in a, in a lobby and be like you better get away from me you know it, it's like i would i would it just it's just that's not how that's not how grown fucking men act with each other especially if they don't have a history you know if if it, maybe if you had wronged me in the past really bad and th- and even then I would just ignore you. I wouldn't fucking, I wouldn't act like I'm going to, you know, you know, start putting my hands on you. I, just, I don't know, man. I don't know. I, I just think, I hope, I don't know. I don't really hope it's an act because I think that there's enough of that in our industry um, for sure. I just think... Uh, I don't think Flex is going to survive this prep if he keeps this level of insecurity, you know, this this sort of chip on his shoulder. I just think he's going to be, uh, I mean, it's not going to slow down Flex. It's only going to get worse. So I'm, uh, I'm going to pull a Flex, and, and I'm going to look up that guy who said that I look like I'm a, a, an ex-boy band member, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell him I'm going to beat him up. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna DM him. It goes down to the DM. Be like, you won't meet me at such and such expo. <laughs> right. You jerk. Like, like, if you run into that kid, like, what are you gonna like? Dude, I laughed about it. I'm like, right. It's not what, even. What are you like gonna a, do? It's like, like it's not even like a. That's a pretty good analogy because it's not like. It's not really an insult, but it's not a compliment. It's just kind of like a, kind of an odd observation, like. You could take it as a compliment. You could take it as a, as a, and as an insult, depending on what your mindset is about that sort of thing. So like, I, I, it, you wouldn't come across that person and, and not talk to them, not shake their hand. Like you'd fucking laugh about it because it's just not worth it. I, I don't know. I mean, dude, I would totally shake his hand and laugh and be like, dude, that was pretty funny. Of course. I mean, I don't know. I, I don't know why. I guess I understand it just because he's, he's, uh, that's how Flex Wheeler is, and I think he's going. I think he's he's just all in. You know, he's all in. He's com- 
he he he's gotten to the point now where he's completely dedicated to this comeback, and he's going to act as he did in 1996 when he was a you know an open men's pro. He's going to be cocky. He's going to be this and that. But I don't know, man. I think it's a different world now. It's not 1995 anymore. You can't just <clears throat> there's so much more to take in and so much more negativity and haters and all this nonsense that you, you have to be able to, I mean, you certainly need thicker skin now than you did in 1995, put it that way. And I think this is, this is the representation of that. You have a flex is a sensitive dude, especially when it comes to his bodybuilding and he's never competed in an era with social media. Now that he is, he, I don't know that he's handling it well at all. I think he's kind of having a very hard time handling social media while he competes because he's never had to do that before. You know what? I, that's that's a good point. I didn't even think about that. I mean, you didn't have Facebook. You didn't have Instagram and YouTube and all those uh, platforms when he was competing. So he was only listening to the people that were around him or the people that he would go out and and you know walk the streets and see and interact with and stuff like that. It's not like today where you can follow somebody on Instagram and and completely bash them in in the comments and say you look terrible you look like shit you know you use steroids and you're using you know synthol you're doing this you're doing that so maybe maybe that's it maybe it's just completely overwhelming but i mean i got to be honest everything that people are saying i i kind of agree with i i wholeheartedly agree with the whole synthol thing that we talked about last episode i mean i sat next to the guy and his arms were were so uh, deformed that I, I was just kind of like staring at him. Like if he would have looked over at me, I, he probably would have been like, dude, what's your problem? I mean, it was, it was weird. And, and the fact that, yeah, I mean, he was one of the greatest bodybuilders. Now he's doing classic. I mean, if you talk to any real bodybuilder that's competing in the IFBB today, they're, they're not really a fan of classic. You know, they're looking at it as it's open or nothing. Like you're you're a, a wannabe bodybuilder if you're not in the open and you're competing in classic. So it is it is kind of odd that you're I mean, that would be like Phil Heath saying, hey, guys, you know what? I'm not going to compete in the open anymore. I want to wear a different suit and uh, I think I'm going to go into classic like it's it's it is a little odd. So I understand where where some people are criticizing him for that. Um but he's he's completely handling it wrong. But I, I think you're probably spot on with with the whole social media thing. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, it's a whole different world. And I think he's um, he is getting a rude awakening to what it's like. I mean, I guess if you're just being flex wheeler and you're not competing for anything or, or training for a, a show and you hear people talk about synthol and shit. It's different. I mean, you don't really care. It's like, okay, whatever. I'm not on stage. I also have a gut, so fuck off. But when he's now competing, and that may affect his his, his ability to compete and do well, he's just not handling it well. Although, it could be, he could be just playing it as, he, he could be um, exaggerating how he feels just to, I mean, we're talking about him, right? So... Th- that could be why. Although I just don't, I don't, I don't think I, I don't think that's what it is. I think he, uh, and Dave could be exaggerating too. Who knows? But I just think, uh, it's it's Flex is having a really hard time competing during this social media era, and it's it's kind of wearing on him. And it's he he needs to kind of, uh, I think he just needs to 
I mean, you can't stay away from social media really anymore. It's just not – that's also a bad idea because now there won't be these sort of there's these sort of discussions. I think he just needs to blank out the, the, the negative shit. Honestly, like, this is going to sound stupid, and the Project Bodybuilding people would love this. They'd love to go ham on me on this one. But at least for me, I don't know how you deal with it, Matt, but I get people who say, especially the Project Bodybuilding um, trolls um, – they just say stupid shit, like trying to upset me, you know, like none of it's valid, but it's just like, you know, I don't ever like engage in it. You know what I mean? Even if I read it and even if it does upset me, which it rarely does, I don't, I mean, I don't partake in it. You know what I'm saying? I don't ever, if some idiot on a board says Jeff Roberts does this and this, I'm not going to bring it up on my show. I'm not going to talk back to him. I'm not going to, you know what I mean? I just, I just, whether or not it upsets me, I don't give it any more credence than that. It, it, someone says what they say, and that's it, you know. Um, it, th- th- there are exceptions, but for the most part, uh, it, unless I feel like I need to defend my honor, I'm just not going to say anything. It's not worth it, to, especially something like what uh, – what, Valentino said about about flex it's just it's just it's not worth it so that's generally how I deal with people who are who are negative there's going to be negative people uh I'm not comparing myself to flex wheeler by any stretch of the imagination but you know it's it's just I don't see the I don't see the benefit in partaking in that sort of negativity and and giving people that sort of that platform to 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 dig at you it just, it just doesn't make sense i mean i'm i'm gonna do my thing and it doesn't really matter what what other people say or how how ignorant they are or how little they know about me or you know that's the same as i mean flex wheeler is a i mean people only know like even you and i matt people only really know us because of the radio like you don't know anything about me you know you don't know you people make assumptions and 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 they have perceptions that are largely completely incorrect because you just have no idea like who who I am or what I do or how I spend. Like you don't know anything about me. All you know is that I do a radio show and you think this, this and that about me. So I think um, that's why when someone doesn't know anything about you except these little snippets of of your life and stuff, it's it's like – it's easy for them to, to to draw negative conclusions and talk shit. Uh, so, but it's because they don't know you, it's often it's totally inaccurate and illogical. So you have to just let it go. It's not who, I mean, it's like someone trying to educate you on something that they know nothing about. It's like a, you know, a 40 year old woman trying to educate you on the dangers of steroids, you know, who's never even, she can't name a single steroid and she's trying to lecture me on steroids or supplements. It's like, are you really going to give that person like the time of day? Who gives a shit what they say? They don't know any, they have no idea what they're talking about. Uh, And it's the same with people bashing other people when they don't really know them. They just know them as a, whatever the little tiny thing they know about them. Like they know me as people know me as, a writer and a radio host, you know, that's, that's that, you know, it's, that's not all there is. So if you, if you form an opinion just based on that, it's like, I really don't, 
there's there's really it doesn't hold water to me because you really don't know me. Like I care what people who know me think, you know. I mean, there are exceptions to that as well, but uh, I just think Flex needs to. Um, I hate to say let it go because it's so cliche, but I mean that's that's really what I feel like needs to be done because he's not gonna it's not gonna end it's not gonna it's not gonna slow down. But uh, I also saw an interview an, an interesting interview with a Ronnie Coleman. Um. It was actually with Ron Harris, and it was actually pretty pretty terrible. The production was pretty terrible. The, everything about it was pretty terrible. But there was one segment where Ronnie talked about Kevin Lavrone, <clears throat> Lavroni, and how he looked at FIBO when he saw him there. And, man, the way that Ronnie talked about Kevin was pretty eye-opening. I mean, Ronnie just continuously said... He sounded like a broken record in this three-minute clip. He's like, he's like, Kevin looks unbelievable. He looks amazing. He looks unbelievable. He's 260 pounds, dry, hard, shredded. Uh, and then Ronnie, the biggest freak of the freaks, who's younger than Kevin, was like, I do not understand how he's doing it. It makes no sense to me. I can't wrap my head around it and all this stuff and talking about how huge he is and full and everything. So uh, that was an interesting little uh, clip from that because Ronnie's not the type of guy who's going to say that type of shit just to say it. You know, Ronnie's Ronnie Coleman. You know, like, this is significant to me. Uh, if eight-time Mr. Olympia, not only is he eight-time, but he's, in the eyes of most, the most dominant Mr. Olympia of all time. He's saying, he he's talking about how ridiculous Kevin Lavrone looks. I mean, I don't know. I feel like, to me, that's telling. And it's it's got me a little more excited about seeing Kevin uh, show up on stage. Yeah, I mean, I, I think the way he looked last year... Uh, Upper body wise, it didn't look bad. Lower body, obviously, he needed some improvement. But I mean, I I'd like to see him come back. Do I think he's going to win a, a a major show? No. Um, I don't even know if he's going to win Vancouver. You know, he's talking about going up to Canada and competing, and we talked about that on a uh, a previous show as well. But I mean, hey, I'm I'm not against anybody jumping on stage. I don't I don't care what they look like. I mean, you, you placed first, you placed last. Uh, you know, who am I to say that, you know, somebody shouldn't jump on stage when I myself am not jumping up on stage, but I mean, I'd like to see him and, and see what he looks like now. Um, especially his legs. Cause that's, that's the one piece that, you know, we obviously all kind of criticized when we saw him out at the Olympia, but I, I almost want to compare him to flex and see where they are. I mean, if you look at Kevin right now, he's, he's looking really big. Um, is he 260, yeah. 265 like like Ronnie's saying? I, I don't, don't know. I don't I don't think he is. I mean, Kevin's definitely know, big, but I don't know. But I mean, Flex Flex is looking great too. So, I mean, heck, I mean, Kevin could probably go do classic if Flex is doing classic, but I think Flex is going to go up on stage and look more like bodybuilding than he is classic, but I don't know. I guess we'll find out. Yeah, I feel like Flex is probably 30 pounds lighter than Kevin right now. Kevin is Kevin looks he finally looks like a true IFBB pro. Like at no point coming into the Olympia did he really ever look like 
he had IFBB Pro type size. Like now he could he could shoot a training video with Bre- Branch Warren and Johnny Jackson, and they would all have the, the pretty much the same size. That's how that's how. I mean, he's big, you know. Uh, I don't know what he weighs. I mean, it doesn't really it doesn't really matter uh, necessarily, but he I, I think he just looks huge. I mean, this is my prediction for Kevin. I believe that whatever show Kevin decides to do, he's going to be in the mix. Uh, I think it's going to look like when Johnny Jackson shows up good at an event and he's automatically in the mix, but the legs are like, eh, I don't know, because he got like, maybe he's competing against Michael Lockett and Lockett's got better legs, you know. I think it's going to be like one of those situations. I think it's going to be just like when, when, when Johnny Jackson comes into a show and he's good but his his legs are kind of detracting from him and, and and Johnny generally doesn't get like crazy glutes and hams and I do not think flat or uh Kevin's not going to have crazy glutes and hams they may be in but they're not going to be crazy uh his his hardness is going to be more from the front and upper body so uh but I think I do believe at this point I've drank enough Kool-Aid to to believe that if he does the Vancouver I just don't see many guys beating him. Uh, I I don't think I, I wouldn't predict he's gonna win, but I would predict second or third, um, which is pretty cool. I mean that's kind of a letdown because he has Kevin Lavrone, uh, but I think he's gonna do better than people people are anticipating. Um, I just feel like last year he tried to do it he, he rushed it as everyone knows um I think he trained for over he trained for probably two years for that comeback though don't let him try, tell you that he trained for nine months or whatever or eight months or six months <clears throat> but I think he trained seriously for only a brief period of time and now he's been training seriously for much longer and I think it shows I mean I think even in hoodies and, and t-shirts, you can see his how he's just bigger and thicker everywhere. There's just more mass on him. So I think he's going to do good in whatever show he does. He may not win, but if it's a weak lineup, like the Arnold Brazil, which I'll segue into that right now. The Arnold Brazil is coming up in a few days. I believe it's the 21st. Um, I think the the weekend starts on the 21st, um, which yeah, would be Yeah, I think the show is actually the 22nd. Thursday. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, right. Um like I think if Kevin did this show when he's ready, if he if this was the show, he this was the lineup. I mean I mean, how many of these guys beat Kevin? I, I don't know, man. Even if you um, let's say he's let's say he's 15% better than the Olympia. His legs come up 10%, his upper body comes up 5%. You know, whatever. Like he's Let's say he's significantly better than the Olympia. Not 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 a whole different person, but like you know, it's like oh yeah, he definitely improved. I don't see most of these guys aren't. I don't think they beat that physique. Kevin was pretty decent. If his legs are up 10, 15 percent, just enough to get him over that hump. I mean, he can beat guys to Cernito. There's a bunch of guys on here I don't even know. Johnny Jackson sometimes comes in so soft. I mean. The only guys in this lineup that I don't see, people are going to think he's doing this show because of the way I'm talking about it, but I'm saying if he was in this show, the only guys I think 
he would really have a lot of trouble with would be Michael Lockett and Juan Morrell. So, I mean, if he goes into a show that has a similar lineup to this one, which is a reasonable assumption, he could easily be top three or second or whatever else. I don't think – I think he's better than people are giving him uh, credit for because, number one, we saw him at the Olympia. The Olympia is the best of the best. You can't really – he's going to look like shit on the Olympia stage. It's the, it's the Olympia, you know. Uh, guys who win pro shows don't place at the Olympia. You know, it's it's different. Um, the other thing is he's going to be significantly improved when he comes back and he's going to be, so not only is he going to be significantly improved, he's also going to be sending next to much lesser competition. So I think it's going to be a, a pretty good impact on everything when it, when it comes, when it finally comes to pass. But, uh, on the, on the topic of the Arnold classic, uh, Brazil, man, I don't even know where to start with this one because first of all, it's an eight, <laughs> it's an eight person lineup. Eight, and only one person from South Africa, which is kind of weird. It's pretty much all we never heard of. Right, Earl Abrahams. He's probably like, you know, uh, it's just the size of the lineup doesn't get me too much. The depth of the lineup bothers me because I mean, fucking a. I mean. Uh, Juan Morel is like, what's he placed? Ninth at the Olympia, maybe? Tenth, something like that. So, I mean, he's the best guy in the lineup. And besides that, you're looking at Michael Lockett, who's, what, what's his best placing? Maybe, I don't think he's ever placed top ten. So, it's it's not a deep lineup at all. But, not, but even more so than that, what is, I mean, how, how, we were we we came close to doing this show and not even covering it because we didn't even realize it was a we didn't even realize it was going on. I mean, how can how can the Arnold Classic Brazil be this under the radar? It just seems this is probably since since the day I started following bodybuilding, this is probably the least anticipated slash covered show for its size or its prestige that I've ever seen. Um, it's one of the least covered and anticipated shows I've ever seen period, but it's an Arnold. So, I mean, I don't know, like what's, what's going on? What do you, what do you make of this, this whole, uh, I guess sort of mess that is the Arnold Brazil. I, I gotta be honest. I think, promoters and the IFBB and uh, media outlets, they're they're doing a terrible job at promoting shows. I mean, the fact that you have people within the industry who, you know, they're like, oh, yeah, isn't the, the Arnold Brazil or South America or whatever they're calling it these days, um, you know, isn't that coming up? And then all of a sudden we look and we're like, oh, yeah, it's, it's basically next week. I mean, who <laughs> – who who does actually? It's not uh, next week. It's this week. Um, but it's like I I just don't understand. And and where's I I talked about this I don't know how many times. It's probably a broken record by now. That what's there is no prestige of the Arnold Classic anymore. I remember when you know top athletes and bodybuilders were doing you know the the Arnold Classic in Columbus. It was the biggest thing. And then you had, you know, guys doing the whole tour, 
Kai Green was doing it. Cedric was doing it. Uh, you had Ruley doing it. I mean, all these big name bodybuilders were doing the Arnold and, and doing most of the entire tour. Why why is nobody competing at the Arnold anymore? I mean, when when we're saying that uh, Lockett or or Juan are going to win in Arnold, let that sink in for a minute. Juan or Lockett could very well take home an Arnold Classic title. But, that, that blows my mind. Yeah, I mean, yes, Johnny Jackson is, is competing, but let's be honest, Johnny's no longer the caliber to 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 win any show. I, I don't care what show he's put in, unless it's unless everyone bows out and nobody's competing and it's a bunch of Earl Abrahams and, and Derek Upshaws and stuff like that, uh, then you know maybe he has a chance. My my big thing is who I want to see win, and and he's not going to win, but I would love to see it. Is Guy Sister Nino? <laughs> yep. I mean, this dude. I mean, I can't tell you how many times he he competed in a show that there was no two twelve. He decided to go into the open, and and he's doing it. I mean, now granted, he's he's not as big as some of the other guys, but that's to be expected. But I think that's a cool story. I like Guy. I think he has a cool personality. I think uh, I think he's funny and he's entertaining. He's got a great physique. Um, but I, I'm just not really, you know, excited for for the Arnold South America. I mean, next week we're going to be talking about either Lockett or Juan probably winning. Um, it, it depends how they both come in. Personally, I think you know Lockett probably has the best chance to to take home a title uh, to start this year. Juan. Juan's obviously big, but you never know what type of conditioning he's going to come in. But, uh, I mean, I, there's there's eight guys competing in the Open, and there's 12 people, as it stands right now, competing in figure. But it's just the, the show, I don't understand. Like, where, why is, uh, I see De La Rosa's wife, um, uh, what's her name, Swan, is is going to be there. So so why isn't he competing? I mean, he's going to be there anyways to to support his wife. Why why is everyone bowing out anymore? And and I actually wrote an article about this and I'm not sure when when Rob is going to to put it up. But it's just like I feel like bodybuilders are are doing a disservice to the industry by bowing out and only competing in the Olympia. Um they did an interview with Ruli Winkler. I think it was Dave Palumbo did it. And he asked when when is really going to be on stage next, and he said he's done. He's sitting out the entire year. Uh, that he he only wants to compete at the Olympia. Um, it's the same thing with uh, Sadiq for for Classic. I, I mean, we're talking about people who, quite frankly, should be competing, and and they're not. They're bowing out for one show. I mean, you don't you don't see LeBron James saying, "Hey guys, I'm going to sit out this year," but when we get to Game Seven of the Finals. I'll lace up. Who does that? Yeah. It, it's the most most absurd thing that I've ever heard of in my life. If if you sit out all year to only compete at the Olympia, you are not a bodybuilder. You are a hobbyist. You are bodybuilding as a hobby. You're not an entertainer. You're not an athlete. You're a hobbyist. And and people are probably listening, and going, "You're an idiot. Uh, you know, you don't know what you're talking about." And that's fine. You you have your opinion, but. If you only want to show up to the championship, you're not a key player. That's, you know, I don't understand. We're talking about in the NBA about 
you know, LeBron James sitting out games and how unfair it is for people who buy tickets and, and go to see the games just to see him sitting there in, you know, a suit or whatever. Nobody's paying, you know, top ticket prices to sit on the floor to go see LeBron and then only see him sitting there drinking a cup of coffee. I mean, what what type of bullshit is that? I think it's the most absurd thing ever. And I think it's no different. In fact, I think it's worse in in bodybuilding. I mean, you don't see Phil at all. Dexter, who knows if we're going to see him this year until the Olympia. Um, it's, uh, you know, Ruli, Rami, are any of these guys going to compete in anything other than the Olympia? I mean, why should it, why should me, you, everybody else that's listening that are fans of the sport have to sit out and, and wait to see – you know, the athletes that we enjoy watching until basically the end of the year. It's it's absolutely absurd. If I was Arnold Schwarzenegger, I would be so pissed off and disappointed in the way that the Arnold Classic is being ran. And and to to an extent, I guess you have to blame him as well. I mean, he should be calling these people up and saying, dude, you know, my name is on this. This is a big show. You know, this isn't, you know, Vancouver or, you know, some small show that that is throughout the year that nobody really cares about or remembers who the hell wins. This is an Arnold classic. I mean, they they opened up new shows across the globe for the Arnold classic, you know, the tour because they wanted to expand and everybody's out. What what a complete letdown. Yeah, I mean, I think uh I think what you said about Sadiq is kind of – it's interesting because we had a – and you also mentioned LeBron James. So sitting out, and there's a lot of guys that sit out in, in the NBA now, which didn't happen before. Uh, it's like, Even Michael Jordan, who's like the most celebrated athlete of all time, uh, I think – he didn't sit out, you know, and he could have. It wouldn't have affected his, like, fame or anything, really. But he didn't. And I think what what I said last time we talked about this, I said that I think it's a social media thing. And I think that it's people are chasing the lifestyle and the fame as opposed to the championship. And that's these guys. I mean, you like, Sadiq Hadzovic is not. So if I say, if someone said to me, who is Sadiq Hadzovic? What is he? What does he do? I would not say he's a classic physique competitor. That's his hobby. I don't care what anyone says. What what Sadiq does is social media. Sadiq is a social media, whatever you'd call that fucking, he's, a, he's an insta-famous guy. That's where his bread and butter, like you think, that's like, his social media is probably 90% of his income and success, and then competing is 10%. He's not a competitor. Like, that's like, it's it's just not, it's like if you own a business, if you have a fishing lure business, and it's a $2 billion fishing lure business, but you also compete in bass fishing tournaments once in a while and win, you know, five thousand dollars that that's not you're not a you're not a competitive fisherman you're a businessman who sells fishing lures the public may see you as a competitor because they know more about oh he did this tournament or whatever i don't know why i pulled up fishing that was kind of strange but it works you know like he's not to me Sadiq is not a first and foremost he is not a competitor that's not what he does what he does is social media and he competes on the side that's, I think, 
all athletes in bodybuilding because it's kind of weak and doesn't have the financial backing or, or popularity of other sports. It's more susceptible to this. But I think all sports are getting that sort of – like LeBron is more of – like even LeBron, if you think about it, he's almost becoming more of like a social icon than he is a basketball player. I don't know. I mean not more, but I mean I don't know. I feel like back in the day it wasn't like that. It was like you were one – you were that. You competed. Um, you talk about John De La Rosa or anyone else. Like why – what are they competing for? I mean, you almost can't blame them because these guys are getting on social media and actually making money. Back in the day, you had a contract with a supplement company, and that supplement company made you compete. That's part of your contract. You got to compete. Now, you get money from posting on social media, and no, and you're your own boss. So, what's the point of if the money's coming from – so if the money's like most even, – even now – but most pros, if you take a guy like, I don't know, I mean, any guy who's good but not top tier, he's not really, he's not going to make money competing. It's not even possible. You know, you're not going to place eighth at the Olympia and then second at a pro show and first at a pro show. Even if you do several shows a year, you're not making any money, really. You're making enough to like, you might be you might be pulling like, you know, forty thousand dollars a year or something if you're lucky. Because you got to remember, if you win a hundred thousand dollars at a contest, you're gonna get about sixty thousand dollars, if that. So, it's not like, and no one's really making a hundred thousand dollars. That's like first place at the Arnold type money. So even if you're third at the Arnold, you go to the Olympia and you're in your seventh, then you do one other show and you're first. You're really not making very much money. Uh, with all the stuff you have to buy for bodybuilding and all the uh, traveling and everything, I mean, it's like the incentive to compete is virtually gone at this point. And this Arnold is a perfect example of that. Uh, the guys are more, I mean, people are concerned with money and fame and not even fame, but money, success, and just staying, keeping their fucking head above water. That competing is like, what's the point? I could do 20 extra YouTube videos and it would probably serve me better than than spending 20 weeks getting ready or, or 15 weeks or whatever getting ready for whatever show that I'm going to win, you know, eight grand at and end up getting 4,500. Like, what is that? Like, it, it doesn't even, you know, you're going to train for... Uh, three months and make four thousand dollars doesn't it doesn't add up you know it's not like it's not like tiger woods going to a to going to a tiger woods I, I'm, I'm dating myself <laughs> it's not like who's one of the new guys i don't know it's not like one of the new the the spieth kid going to a tournament and winning you know 1.9 million dollars because he plays second it's not like that in bodybuilding there's no what is the incentive to compete the only real incentive now is to further um, expand your your following and your notoriety, which again, it's about the following and the notoriety, not about being a champion. So back in the day, being a champion 
you had to become a champion to get that sort of notoriety or you had to have some other nonsense going on like a Mike Tyson type guy you had to be or like Muhammad Ali Muhammad Ali had his mouthpiece you had you know Mike Tyson went to jail a bit uh Holyfield's ear he did all this stuff so um outside of doing those sort of things but also those guys were champions so it's kind of hard to say but back in, you know even 10 years ago you had to be a champion to get crazy notoriety and money you know for the most part now it's not like that i mean i'll, I'll do it i'll bring it up again boston lloyd and rich piana make more money than most most all the pros i'm sure they don't compete at all they're not good bodybuilders they don't even know what the fuck they're talking about but they're on social media with followers why would ruley winkler he looks at rich piana who's got i mean these guys aren't in the same galaxy of physiques Ruley probably knows way more about bodybuilding and fitness than uh than than Rich Piana does, but Rich Piana makes probably ten times more money than him, if not more, not competing at all. So, you 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 understand what I'm saying? It's like why would what is what is the motivation for Ruley there? He's looking at Boston Lloyd and and, and Rich Piana who they're, they're 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 swimming in money, and then he is one of the best bodybuilders in the world killing himself, busting his ass, competing, and he's making peanuts compared to them. So what is, what's the point of continuing for him to kill himself? He may as well just make a YouTube channel, you know? So I you, think... You literally... Go ahead, finish. Go go ahead. I'm pretty much done. You you literally validated an article that I just wrote. And and it talks about, is is bodybuilding a sport or is it a hobby these days? And And I put all of the blame on the IFBB. And they do absolutely nothing to help the athletes. They, you know, the athletes are left to to do everything themselves. And, you know, if, if they want to get a sponsorship, they're doing it themselves. Most of these guys don't even have agents. I mean, that's that's where they're at in, in you know, this so-called sport. And it, it's my feeling that bodybuilding isn't a sport. And, and it pains me to say that, but... It's my belief that the IFBB doesn't want it to to be more mainstream, and and I don't know why, because I'm I'm not sure why the IFBB doesn't treat this like any other league or organization that's out there, where you sign a contract, and and you become a pro, and we need to stop giving out so many damn pro cards, like fucking Pez. They're like, oh here. Here, take one of these. Here, take one of these. Hey, you get it's like the, it's like a fucking Oprah Winfrey show where she's going and you get a pro card and you get a pro card. Everybody <laughs> gets a pro card and then everybody stands up and they're clapping and shit. It annoys the hell out of me. Guess what? Not everybody is made out to be a pro IFBB bodybuilder. I'm sorry to say it. Hopes and dreams <laughs> shattered. It's 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 not in the cards for everybody. You're not going to be the next LeBron James. You might be able to sit on the on the bench and make five hundred thousand dollars or do something like that, and that's fine. But why are we treating bodybuilding like it's a freaking hobby? Why don't you sign these guys to a contract? They get X amount of dollars every single year. Do you hear that, my dog? He's asleep in the office. Now he's not going to do it. He's he's freaking snoring. And uh, it, I can't it's. Hear him. 
Oh, good. Then then nobody else can hear him. It's it's annoying me on this end. But uh, but it's like I don't understand. Why don't we sign these guys to a contract? Say, look, you have to compete in X amount of shows during the year, and how you uh, place in those shows will depend on if you actually get to go to the Olympia or not. Make the Olympia, the NBA championship, the Super Bowl, the Stanley Cup, you know, whatever. But I don't understand why they don't set it up in such a way that that happens. You know, have the NPC as the minor leagues. Everybody has freaking farm leagues and minor leagues. And, you know, it, I don't understand why it's it's so different with bodybuilding where we just give out pro cards and you can compete. You can, you know, you don't have to compete. You can get your pro card and, and sit out for three years or something ridiculous. Uh, you know, like Brian Yersky, he sat out for like two years before he actually stepped on stage after winning his pro card. It's like I just don't understand why we just – give out pro cards these days every year to to some winner regardless if they're you know truly deserving of it or not because most of the guys who win they're never going to step on the IFBB stage and and place well you see that with a lot of the guys these days who turn pro who you're like uh who's this guy so it's like we need to start treating this as if it were a business and the IFBB needs to change the way that they're doing it because right now and I'm not going to get too far into it, but everybody knows that there's some stuff going on with the IFBB, and you know it's it's technically a a nonprofit, which is completely bullshit. Um, but it's like I don't I don't understand why they don't treat it like an actual sport. Have contracts, have something in place where you have to compete X amount. Everybody's getting paid X amount of dollars for however many shows that they're you know in you know entitled to do uh, per their contract. And then have the the Olympia be the Super Bowl. I don't understand why why it takes a, a fan, a spectator, a, a lover of the sport. Again, I'm not really saying it's a sport at this point, but I mean, why why am I the only one who's saying this is fucked up? Like we we need to do something if we want to see the the athletes that that we want on stage. Something has to change. And sitting out an entire year for me to go see Phil Heath or or Rami or you know whoever is is absolutely absurd. You're just going to piss people off because guess what? Nobody wants to go see Lucas Osledell or Derek Upshaw or Earl Abrahams or whoever the hell is going to be competing in in the Arnold South America. Nobody gives two shits about most of those guys. Yes, Juan is in it. Yes, Lockett is in it. Johnny Jackson is in it. Guy Sister Nino, but okay, congratulations. There's there's four people. So half of the competitors are people that we actually care about and know. It's it's absolutely absurd to me why the IFBB doesn't treat this like a business. Treat this like an, a true league and organization and have something in place. They just let everybody go all willy-nilly and be like, well, yeah, I'm going to sit this one out. Nah, maybe I'll compete in that one. Nah, I'm not going to compete until the Olympia. Or yeah, I'm going to compete at the Arnold and you're not going to see my ass until the Olympia. It's, it, it, it's so confusing that it, something needs to change. Otherwise, bodybuilding, it's, it's literally a, a hobbyist league. It's, it's not a true sport at that point. Right. Um, I mean, it, it all comes back to the whole idea of, you know, entry fees over, uh, over like fans, I guess, you know, uh, I just think when you have, um, I, I don't know, man, I think, I think, like I said, I think it's just coming back to that, that whole mess of, uh, entry fees being more important than than the than the you know 
But that's something else. Think about it, Jeff. What other sport do you have to pay to compete? I mean, professional sport. That's it's not. It's it's a joke. I mean, of course not. You know, not exactly. professional that's, sport. That's what I'm saying. Like it's it's a hobby. Like if you're doing a. Uh, fucking karate tournament or something you know you're a kid you're doing a karate tournament like you're paying to go there or if if you're you know uh i don't know you're if you're a kid and you're paying for that it's just, it's a hobby because that's what it is at that point because you're not a professional once you're a professional why why are you paying like if this is your career i don't i'm not paying somebody to be on this radio show you know i'm not paying somebody to go put my article out on their website I'm not paying somebody to let me train them. You know, you get what I'm saying? Like, it's a right. job. This is how I make money. I'm not going to fucking spend money. I mean, obviously, there's marketing and advertising, and, you know, we're, we're kind of talking out of both sides of our mouth here in terms of professions. But an athlete, they're not going to pay to compete. It makes zero sense. Why would anybody want to do that? Especially, like, some of these guys like uh, Earl Abrahams, you know, however much he's paying to get out of this. He ain't going to get his fucking money back. Who's who's this guy kidding? He's going to place eighth. He's going to place dead last. He's going to lose money because he's going to have to pay to, to compete at the Arnold Classic South America. And he's going to lose money for stepping on stage. This dude's not going to get a sponsorship for, for even competing in this competition. He's not going to get anything from this competition at all. Maybe exposure because... Uh, you know, maybe nobody knew who he was, so maybe they'll say, "Oh, yeah, this is a cool, you know, cool new guy." Whatever the case may be, but why? Why are they paying to compete? That's that's the most absurd thing that I've ever heard of in my life. Yeah, it really is. Uh, and Chris Aceto once said that you can't. It's it's not professional bodybuilding. If you're gonna, if you can be, if you can place fifth at the Olympia, third at the Arnold. And then win another pro show. That's not enough money for you to have a good living. That it's not a professional sport, and and you couldn't make a good living off that, really. Uh, so, and then like you said, I mean, the the paying is just insane. And then the fact that you, I mean, from my perspective, what should be done is our top guys, um, in bodybuilding should be utilized. In a way, you know, similar to like LeBron James and Steph Curry and all those guys. Like you have a – these guys are the draw, you know. This is what makes people come to the show. You don't have a – what we're doing basically is like what the IFBB has done. is kind of like the, the NBA saying, listen, instead of pimping LeBron and Curry and Durant and all these guys and making billions of people watch this shit, Instead, we're going to make like 10 more basketball divisions. So instead of having a huge fandom that can generate money because eyeballs are money now, like popularity has become money, uh, we're going to just make it so millions of people can can compete in the NBA and we're going to charge all of them and make money that way. It's like... It's like this sleazy, ineffective thing to do. Like you could, yeah, I guess that works for you. You're gonna make money off the 100 bikini competitors and men's physique competitors, but you're not gonna increase the popularity of the IAPB one fucking percent. Like, listen, if you have a, if you have a, 
you can have a show with, and I, I've said I I can't stop saying this. You can have a show with a thousand competitors, okay? <clears throat> bikini, men's physique. Uh, you know, if it's, if it's a bikini and men's physique show, there could be a thousand competitors in that show. And it's going to, the, the number of fans, real true fans watching that is going to be way, way less than a pro show with a, a lineup of six guys who aren't even that good. You know, like, I mean, open men, because that's the whole issue right there. There's no fans of any of these stupid ass divisions. No matter how much people pretend to be fans of it, there's no bikini fans, there's no men's physique fans. How can you be a f- fan of men's physique? Well, what are you a fan of? Like, these 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 physiques that are not really unique. And it, well, what are you what are you a fan of there? What are you a fan of in bikini? It doesn't make any. There's nothing to be a fan of. It's like, I mean, if you had a. There's nothing else like it. And I can't even think of an analogy of something like men's physique and bikini. It's like a fucking... You have NASCAR, and then you have this other thing where people race, like, uh, regular cars that are slightly souped up, and they don't really know how to drive. Like, no one wants to see that shit. That's how we all are. What the fuck? Like, I don't know. I just don't... I, I feel like... If I really wanted to, I could place well at a high-level national competition in men's physique. If that was my, my like, sole goal. That's not how it should be. Like, that's not professional. I, I, I have no I, I have no business being on stage with a professional physique athlete. But I probably could be. Not professional. But, you know, I could probably be fifth at nationals in, in men's physique if I took a year to just focus on that. Like, it's like, how could you even, that, that's, that's not, why would I want to watch that? It's not unique. It's not special. There's bikini girls and men's physique looking girls everywhere all the time. It's fucking bullshit. No one wants to see that. Nobody cares. Okay. Like nobody cares. No one will ever care about that. The same way no one will ever care about a, you know, under six foot white guy f- basketball league. Who can No one cares. People want to see the best of the best. How many people watch the NBA D-League? And the D-League players are a million times more talented than all the bikini and men physiques competitors combined. So it's about the best of the best becoming popular enough to fuel income and revenue that, you know, that because of the eyeballs watching it and dumbing shit down so that everyone can compete is the opposite of that it's not gonna work it's gonna self-destruct it may be around for a long time because someone can make money off it they can make a hundred thousand dollars in a night because they have you know a hundred people paying a thousand dollars to compete or whatever or or however you want to break the math up it's just that's not how it's done like you can't even if even if the like if the NBA, so in other words, when when once Michael Jordan was, golf is a perfect example. There's no more Tiger Woods, so golf is fucking lame because Tiger Woods is the most. I mean, it's not a debate. He was the most polarizing golfer by so far. It's not even close. Uh, 
<clears throat> of all time. So he 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 increased the viewership so substantially. Now there's no Tiger Woods. It's just it's just you know, it's just back to the normal golf scene. So go- golf is they're holding on to Tiger Woods for dear life. You probably see this. Tiger yeah. Woods still comes up on ESPN. He hasn't placed in a tournament in years. Like they golf needs him. They, they, they like the pay is down. Everything is down. Well, golf is looking for what are they looking for? They're looking for the next Tiger Woods. They try to make Rory McIlroy the next Tiger Woods. He wasn't close. They try to make the Spieth kid. He's not close yet. I mean, no one's going to be close. They're not Tiger Woods. Um, the next Tiger Woods, we don't know yet. Because if there's another Tiger Woods, we'll know when he's a teenager. There will be no doubt. We knew when Tiger was a teenager. He was on ESPN when he was two years old hitting golf shots. Two years old. <laughs> this, you know, So, like, it's not like uh, it would be a mystery. Uh, but, anyways, the point is that's what they're looking for. That next big draw. They're not creating bullshit golf divisions where every Joe Blow weekend warrior golfer, because there are billions, there's so many golfers, everyone golfs. Every 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 adult male with any sort of money goes golfing. Pretty much. Like that's what you do, you know, when you're an uh, uh, when you're an old American man, you go you hit the you hit the links, you know. Uh it's like if you made a division for all these people and you charge them as the, you know, the PGA you you could you yeah they could make money and try to make up some of that revenue loss that that the the void of Tiger Woods is causing. Uh, the same thing happened with Michael Jordan before uh, LeBron and now Steph Curry kind of perked it up. Steph Curry in particular, like that's the shit we need. Steph Curry last year increased everyone's pay. Every like pretty much everyone in the NBA got paid more money because of Steph Curry. He's not even that good, but. Because he draws eyeballs to the sport and he creates fans, he creates money for the NBA. And before Steph Curry, there was a bit of a lull. There was no Michael Jordan. People were kind of uh, – LeBron was has been around for so long that there was really no uh, fire there from a fan standpoint. So now you have Steph Curry. He, he boosted everything for everyone. That's a fact. So – that's what the IFBB, need, the IFBB needs. And that's why I talk about Cedric in that light. Cedric could be that guy. Cedric could be like the Curry, the Michael Jordan, the Tiger Woods that gives bodybuilding its next boost. But that's how it's done in the elite, popular, billion-dollar sports. You don't just fucking give up on it and, and start making shitty divisions so you can get entry fees. That's not how you go about it. I mean, like I said, the... MLB is in a lull, the the PGA's in a bit of a lull, but you can't just give up on eventually someone will come along that gives you that boost again or something will happen or there'll be a rule change, you know, something will happen. You you, you don't you don't just roll over and and end up and do this crap. I mean, it's just not how where is your where where does that business plan come from? What other successful entity has ever took that root and done it none ever and IFBB is not going to be the first one to to successfully implement oh let's make dumbed down divisions and make money that way it's not going to work because what makes real money are the Steph Curry's the Arnold Schwarzenegger's the Tiger Woods the the Michael Jordan 
Those the, the the people that create fandom and, and and notoriety are the ones that make the real money. You can't do it with fucking entry fees. It's like you're not the DMV. Like it's not how it works, you know. Right. But uh yeah, I mean it is what it is. We've pretty much dwelled into that topic several times and I think uh, a lot of people in this industry are, are afraid to say what they really think about it, uh, but I think it's a pretty, pretty universal, universally accepted notion that this is what's going down. And maybe I don't know. I mean, I'm not I'm not involved in the inner workings. I'm I'm looking. For, I mean, I'm looking from the outside in. That's important to note. So I could be wrong, but. You know, it could be a situation where there's really no other option for the IFPB. They can't, they don't have the money or the time to wait, but man, I doubt it. I don't know. I, I doubt it. I think it could be handled much better, but uh, that's uh, that's going to bring us to the end of episode number 91 of Central Bodybuilding, Matt. Um, you know, obviously, guys, uh, check out Iron Magazine, Iron Mag Labs, Iron Mag Research. You know the spiel. Use my coupon code if you want to get 15% off at checkout. Uh, follow Matt on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. You can follow me on Instagram and Facebook. And um, that's it, man. Do you have any uh, closing words? I got nothing. We apologize for the for the delay of episode 90. But all caught up. Everything's good. And uh, looking forward to getting to 100. We're almost there. Absolutely, nine weeks. It's uh, it's going fast, and it'll be here before we know it. So uh, the hundredth episode will be fun. Gonna have to cook something up for that one. But uh, yeah, guys, that's it. We will see you all next week. Thank you for listening, and uh, have a wonderful day.